It's episode two of This Is Baseball. I'm Brandon. All right, let's get into it. Opening day is come and gone, and the regular season is well underway. Uh, but I do want to talk about some of my favorite moments from opening day and opening weekend. And I wanted to start out in St. Louis. So St. Louis was getting ready for the national anthem like they do every game. And they were announcing the singer and it happened to be Adam Wainwright. And nobody knew that was going to happen but him. And his teammates reaction was priceless. It was an awesome moment. He sounded pretty good. Uh, I do think he sang it a little slow. So next time, I don't know, shave 30 or 40 seconds off and we'll all be happy. But overall, a really cool moment for Adam Wainwright to kind of kick off what is his farewell tour. He is probably retiring. I think he's confirmed he's retiring after the 2023 season. So, I mean, that's kind of a cool way to to start off your season. You know, unfortunately, the Cardinals did go down to the Blue Jays 10 to 9 that day. But overall, still a really cool moment. Aaron Judge started the 2023 season the same way that he ended the 2022 campaign by leading off with a home run in his first at bat. I kind of feel like Aaron Judge has another 50 home runs in him. I don't realistically know if hitting 62 again is realistic. Um, it's definitely possible. I mean, he just did it, and I think they're going to need another absolutely insane season from him from an offensive production standpoint in order for them to thrive the way that they did. They're going to need some other pieces of their team to to pick up the slack as well. But all in all, I'm I'm... I'm super excited for Aaron Judge and see if he can do kind of an encore season of last year. I want to head out west and I have to acknowledge Hunter Renfro's catch. It's an early candidate for catch of the year. I looked at it. I wasn't quite sure where he was running. I don't think he did either. It wasn't a great route, but I don't even care. It was a no-look catch. He literally was running away from the ball, stuck his glove out, wasn't even looking, and caught the thing. And then you have Shohei's reaction. He's loving it. I mean, just an absolutely absurd catch. I don't even know how he did it. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it wasn't all great for the Angels because their third baseman, Anthony Rendon, Got into an altercation with a fan. Looking at the video on Twitter, um, obviously the words that were exchanged uh, weren't very friendly. But watching the video, it seemed mostly playful. Um, Anthony Rendon obviously grabbed the fan. He took a swipe at the fan and he missed. And it came out today that Anthony Rendon has been suspended five games for this altercation with this fan. And I'm not surprised that he got suspended. I think he should have had some sort of punishment. When I looked at it, it seemed like a mostly playful interaction. Um, But again, you can't grab fans and 
take swipes at them. Fans are going to heckle you. That's part of being the road team in a professional sport. You just got to wear it. It's going to happen. For Anthony Rendon, he's a guy that over the last two seasons has had a significant amount of trouble staying on the field due to his health. So I would think, you know, maybe you're finally healthy this year. Maybe don't lose your cool over a fan in a visiting park saying something to you. You got to do a little better there. That's all. It really is kind of a funny video, though, because the Oakland fan is jawing at Rendon. And then another Oakland fan pushes the Oakland fan that is talking down to the wall where Rendon grabs him and then takes a swipe at him and just completely whiffs. There's a part of me that feels like he never had any intention to hit him. Probably better that he didn't because I think you're talking about something further than a five-game suspension. Uh, But overall, it's not a great look and probably won't happen again. Uh, So he'll serve a suspension, pay his fine, and we'll move on. The Royals managed to open the season with... 19 scoreless innings on offense, which I believe is a franchise record for them. In fact, they ended up getting swept in their opening series against Minnesota. Not an ideal way to start your season when you already have fans that are having trouble buying in or are kind of on the fence anyway. So hopefully they turn it around and have a good series against the Blue Jays. They've already taken one game from them and their offense and pitching looked really good. Their their bullpen was kind of iffy, but it's a long season. We're four games into this thing. There's really not much to take away from what we've seen so far. But what I've learned from the Royals start, and again, I know it's just four games, uh, is that spring training, I need to stop taking spring training stats and records into account when I'm even thinking about the regular season because it just doesn't translate over. Spring does not translate over to the regular season. I believe the Royals won the Cactus League last season. They might have done well in the season before as well. But last season... They won the Cactus League, and they were pretty much out of it by mid-April, or I guess late April because they had the lockout last season. But this season, you know, you start out getting swept. Not great. Again, it's a long season. So split with Toronto, and then go on the road and take a series against San Francisco. Give your fans a reason to watch and care about you past the NFL draft. Give us a reason to care past Memorial Day. If you're 500 at June 1st, your fans are going to care. But if we're if we're late May and we're 7 8 9 games below 500, 
people are checking out. You're already having trouble getting people to watch your games anyway, just due to access, whether it's blackouts or Bally Sports not wanting to pay the the premium for streaming the games. Um, you know, if we get to June and you're 500 or you're hovering around there, your fans may think, hey, you know, 20 bucks doesn't seem so bad since they're kind of playing well or better than I expected. But man, if we if we're at that same spot and you're 10 games under, when's football season? You know, I'm not I'm not paying for a terrible product on the field. So I think over the next 60 games, be 500. And I think that you'll have a fan base that is happy and optimistic with where you're going. With Toronto being in town, that also means that former Royal Whit Merrifield is back in town. And he kind of left, kind of ended his time with the Royals on a weird note. Um, the infamous road trip to Toronto where the Royals had 10 unvaccinated players that weren't able to make the trip. Um, Whit Merrifield was the only one that was kind of willing to give a comment on his status. And, and unfortunately fans didn't take too kindly to what he had to say. He essentially said, if I was on a team that was winning, I'd be willing to do this. And then fans were all up in arms about uh, something that I think was blown completely out of proportion and is still just based off of what Twitter says, people still have a bad taste in their mouth about it. But I don't think that that is really what you should remember what Merrifield for. You should remember him for the fact that, man, he played every night. He didn't take a night off ever. He was always on the field. He was always contributing. He was a leader in the clubhouse. He was I mean, the guy did everything that you could ask for, and he did it on a, a perennial loser. And he was one of the best in the league for about a six-year period. That's what I think you should remember about Whit Merrifield, is that he gave everything for the Kansas City Royals. Not that he said something that you, know, you may or may not have liked. The Padres signed Jake Cronenworth to an extension, which ties him to the team through... 2031, which makes him the fourth player that is signed through at least 2030 on the San Diego Padres. The player who they have signed the longest right now is Fernando Tatis Jr. through 2035. I fully expect the Padres to continue this model of signing young players to long extensions or even attracting free agents and signing them to big money. They're clearly all in. Their goal is to win a championship now. And I think that they're set up and they're equipped to get that done. If they don't get this done in the next six years, this whole experiment, in my opinion, is a failure. Because by that point, you're going to have players that are in the back half of their careers or past their prime. And your window is going to be closing unless you plan on, like I said, attracting 
more and more talent. But at a certain extent, if you haven't done it by 2030, if you haven't won the World Series by then, I think you're probably going to take a different approach. So the Padres made it to the postseason in the abbreviated 2020 season. Before that, it was 2006 since they had gone to the playoffs. Now, they missed the playoffs entirely in 2021, which kind of made you think, okay, was 2020 a fluke? It's way too hard to tell because there was only 60 games played. But then they turned around in 2022 and made it all the way to the NLCS. So I think now that they know they can do it, I think I don't think they're going to win a World Series this season. Um, I think, honestly, their goal should be win the division, beat the Dodgers in the NL West. You took them down in the playoffs last season. Now take the division. I think, I think the Padres in 2024, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the World Series champions. I think the roster is incredibly talented from top to bottom, and they're going to be good for a long time. So go win two championships. And I hope that they do, because I hope that we don't get to, you know, the end of this core and go, man, what a wasted opportunity. All that money is really good for the players. Now, the players should show that, you know, we are worth investing in and, you know, encouraging them to do it again and spend more money on players. I'm not a huge fan of these 10, 11, 12 year contracts because I think there's too much evidence of them not really working out. But I think if you're an owner and you sign players to deals like this and you can get one title out of it, I think it's worth every penny to them. But again, I would be I'd be completely shocked if we got to 2030 and the Padres haven't won a World Series yet. They're just too talented not to. I think next season, the the power is going to shift to San Diego in the West and teams out there are going to be trying to figure out how to beat San Diego the same way that they have been scratching their heads at Los Angeles for the last decade. In a lot of ways, San Diego could be better than Los Angeles was. Los Angeles had a ton of regular season success and they went to World Series They flamed out early in the playoffs a lot. Uh, They finally won in 2020, if you count that or not. I do, because everybody played the same season. It's not like the Dodgers played 60 and everybody else played 162. So I think it's a legitimate trophy. I know that's kind of a big debate. Um, I actually, if you think about it, I look back at those Dodgers teams from the 2010s and man, they did they underperform? I feel like they probably should have won two or three world series. I know I'm getting into a little bit of a touchy subject. They, they should have won in 2017 against Houston. Obviously it's pretty well documented that Houston was, 
banging trash cans. Um, so, you know, they, uh, Houston won over the Dodgers that season. But I think that there's a couple of other opportunities outside of 17 that the Dodgers probably should have hoisted a trophy. I think I look at the Giants where the Giants, you know, they haven't made the playoffs the same way that the Dodgers have. They've won several wild cards and they've maximized their opportunities in the postseason by winning three titles in five years. And honestly, would I rather have three titles in five years and not a lot of playoff appearances in between? Or would I rather have what the Dodgers are having where they're just, you can pretty much lock them in as NL West winners, but can't really guarantee any playoff success. I'd almost rather be a Giants fan because I know that my team's going to win more than once. So I guess there's a lot of ways to look at it if you're a Padres fan. Do you want are you happy with your team pretty much being guaranteed a playoff spot? Because I, I think that's kind of the way that their roster is built. I'd be shocked if they miss the playoffs in the next eight years. Um but is that enough? I I think they've got to win at least one. I think I, I feel like this team can win multiple. And like I said, I think that they're going to be the team that wins in 2024. Um, I feel really confident about the Braves this season, just simply due to Atlanta having honestly the most, in my opinion, complete roster and deepest roster in the entire league. But we'll see if it pans out for Atlanta. They've they're playing in the toughest division in the league with the Mets and the Phillies. So it's gonna be a tough road for them if they do want to win the World Series, because it's not it's not gonna be a piece of cake to to win the NL East. It took them most of last season to actually get to a point of being in first place in that division. And I think that they're going to have a similar issue this season. So they got a lot of work to do, but I think that they're the team that can get it done. I wanted to end on the pitch clock. We're finally seeing the pitch clock in meaningful games. And I think it's working incredibly well. It's made the TV product a lot better. There's not a lot of just lulls in the game the the pace is moving pretty quickly and we're just rolling through these games uh game times are down half an hour just in the first five or six games of the season so far so i think that that is incredibly great for your spectators to know that you know you're not going to have to invest more than three hours for a major league baseball game and you might be more inclined to to stay up for a West Coast game or sit through an entire game knowing that it's going to be under three hours now. 
Obviously, I think it's going to take a little bit of time still for the players to adjust and still get used to the fact that they're they're on a clock now. Um, I saw that in the Giants game on Saturday. Their closer got two pitch clock violations in the ninth inning and started out in that bat with a 1-0 count twice. So, yeah, once the players kind of get through the kinks of what's a huge change to something that they haven't been used to, I think that we're going to kind of forget that it's even a rule because everybody's going to understand how it works and it's you know moving quickly is just going to be second nature for the players in the league. We're also already seeing the impact of Major League Baseball making the bases bigger this season. It just in the first week of the regular season, steals have doubled in comparison to last season. So we might see more steals this season than we've seen in a very long time. And I think that that's really good for the game. I think action on the base paths is always incredibly exciting. So if we have an elite base dealer that thinks that they can steal 40, 50 bags, I think this is the year that it's going to happen. I'll be interested to see what these rules look like and how they impact the season when we get to September. Because I think we're going to walk away from it after we've all gotten used to everything and just think, man, we should have done this 15 years ago because we're already seeing the positives. That is all I have for this week of This Is Baseball. Um, Next week, we will be 10 games plus into the regular season and... I'm going to kind of do a, a 10 day grade on some teams. I I want to see what teams are surprising to us, uh, both in a positive and negative way. Are there fan bases that should panic? Are there fan bases that should think, oh, this might not be a bad season after all? So that's kind of that's kind of what I want to get into next week. Planning on having episodes every Wednesday from here on out. So again, thank you for listening. I will see you next week. My name is Brandon and this is baseball.